Fantastic. It's so hi. good to see you again. <laughs> it's good to see you, Bob. Uh, hi, I am Dr. Howard Rankin with the How Not to Think podcast, uh, the podcast that looks at myths, false assumptions, biases that can affect any area of life and any sphere of human activity, because that's the way we are. And today I'm really delighted to have someone who I consider a great friend, someone I have worked with, uh, a wonderful lady, uh, Barbara Cady. Uh, I met her when I was working for the organization for which she was the president, Take Off Pounds Sensibly, TOPS, which if you don't know, is a major weight loss support group and has been for what now, 70 plus years. Uh, Bob did a fabulous job as president. Um, she's now an advisor and still on the board. Uh, Bob, it's great to see you again and welcome to the show. It's wonderful to be here with you again, Howard. Uh, we've never lost touch with each other. I've enjoyed every aspect of our association and the bonus was to become good friends. Absolutely. I, I value your judgment and your guidance that you've given me so generously throughout the years. And I'm excited about this opportunity to talk with you today. Yeah, and, and vice versa too, absolutely. And when we talk about myths, assumption, biases, false narratives, perhaps there is no area, uh, maybe outside politics, that there is no area that is more dogged by those things than the issue of weight, overweight, and weight loss. I'd say you're probably right. Uh, we do tend to get bombarded by very, very strong media messages, uh, as well as messages from significant others, from friends and family, uh, from those who can help us uh, deal with issues, with all kinds of stereotypes uh, that get in the way of trying to make the change necessary, because change takes positive energy. And there certainly is a lot of negative energy associated with obesity as a disease. A lot of people aren't even willing to acknowledge obesity as a disease. Right, right. Well, you know, even the very concept of a disease then raises that question of what do you mean by disease and how much of that is a medical phenomenon right. and how much of that, is, you know, and so on. And so we get into the complexity right off the bat. And unfortunately, where there's complexity and it's everywhere, we end up with simplicity and then simplicity distorts the whole thing. And, exactly. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I'd say that's a valid assumption. Uh, there are obvious definitions of obesity. Just look, people look at you and say, well, you're, you're fat. That's all there is to that. Uh, and fat has all kinds of connotations just that one three-letter word uh, has really negative connotations uh, for the general public. And certain assumptions are made about an individual which are not fair, not valid, but are generally believed by most of the population, even though we are unfortunately approaching close to a majority of the population uh, as people who have to deal with this disease. Yeah, yeah, and again, just thinking about the disease and, and actually 
just reading something the other day, which uh, again shook my uh, habitual belief, which is in a lot of those countries where we used to think of them as dogged by malnutrition and oh, you know, they don't have obesity and you know, wherever in Africa. Well, now they do. They have both malnutrition on one hand and they have obesity on the other because of the reliance on processed food and how they've tried to manage that problem. And so it's kind of a shock, you know, when you think of the countries we used to think of as, oh, those poor people, they've got nothing to eat, find that they have getting higher and higher rates of obesity as well as malnutrition. Uh, again, stepping outside binary thinking. Uh, exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. I know. Uh you remember our friend Ahmed Kasiba? Yes. I, when I had the opportunity to go to Egypt uh, to visit his country uh, about 10 years ago, one of the things that I found out when I was at the Suez University was the increasing rate of diabetes in that country, which had virtually had no diabetes a decade previous. Yep. Uh, and coupled with that are all the other comorbidities that come with it, um, heart issues, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, fatty liver disease, and of course, obesity. Yep. Uh, it's, and again, they, they blame it on McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably has, the fast food industry has got something. It, it might have something to do with it. It certainly is not the where all be all of the disease, or it would be easy to treat. It's right. you know, a multifaceted problem. Correct, correct, correct. But when you look at the obesity problem, you know, where do you see the myths, the biases, the the things that are unhelpful in people's thinking? about the problem that perhaps are accepted but shouldn't be i must say uh, and by the way i did read your book i uh think therefore i am wrong uh wonderful wonderful book and there's particularly references in there that are so applicable uh to those of us dealing with this particular issue uh because we tend to as individuals internalize messages right. we receive. Uh, and first of all, you're getting feedback constant, constantly from your body. Mm -hmm. You know something's wrong when you're trying to deal with weight gain. You simply know everything is more difficult, it's more challenging. Uh, from how you get up and down, how you sit, how you stand, how you walk, how you breathe. Um, everything is compromised. Well, I thought I turned it off. That's okay. Well, let me just make sure that I've turned it off. I apologize. That's okay. Thank goodness you can edit this. Now it's turned off. I, at any rate, there are just so many obstacles that constantly get in our ways, as well as just physical barriers. Um, reminders that people don't even think about, like, can I sit on that chair? Will it hold me? Can I get through that turnstile? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, am I going to be able to sit in that theater seat for this concert? Um, am I too heavy for the bungee cord if I want to go bungee jumping? Because I certainly don't want it to stretch beyond capacity. Uh, all these little things that are a constant part of everyday life that people don't even think about. Uh, then you get into family attitudes. Because families uh, sometimes are well-meaning, but definitely saboteurs. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you mean you don't like it? I made it just yes. for you. It's your very favorite. You've hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll eat it. Or you get uh, friends that are trying to be helpful and they'll, or family, and they'll say, do you really think you need that? <laughs> Maybe not, but I'll bet you right now I'm going to no, eat it. Anyway. Because, of course. Uh, then you get people that are a little bit sarcastic, not so subtle, uh, who make snide remarks when they think you are both deaf and dumb. Uh, but make it loud enough that you're surely going to hear whatever the comment is. Um, then the media is always putting forth an image of what is beautiful, what is fit, what is healthy. Uh, it's interesting to me in most media coverage uh, on this particular topic, the people are headless and faceless. Mm. All you see is a belly. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll bet you any person of any size, regardless of whether they have a weight issue or not, would not find that to be the most attractive portion of their anatomy. Uh, but that seems to be all that the media want to focus on. Right. And then accompanied with that are negative assumptions that are made and stereotypes about those people who are heavy, they're lazy, they're ignorant, they have no motivation. If they would only eat less and move more, they would have no problem. And they are just too stupid or trifling to be able to understand that. So these are some of the obstacles before you ever get into um, What's eating Gilbert Grape, the plug mm -hmm. and old movie that Johnny Depp made, uh, started his career in, as did Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that was actually uh, the mother in that movie that was featured uh, was a Topps member. Yeah, really. And she brought to the movie a real authenticity of what it meant to be a parent, an obese parent in a family, and how that impacted the entire family. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are just a few of the things that when I was reading your book, I thought, oh, this is so excellent. You know, these are cognitive skills that everyone needs to use and develop, but particularly those that are trying to deal with this problem who are constantly, constantly bombarded yep. by negative images. Yep. So, you know, talking with you today, I'm hoping you can share with me some of your insights uh, to help our members in this particular area and to maybe even help their health care providers on how to better serve and treat their patients. Yeah. 
Yeah, and a big part of support, and you you nailed it, I think, but a big part of support is, look, I, I, it's nice to be supportive, that's great, but you've got to be supportive in a way that actually is helpful and is really yes. supportive, okay? And so part of that always, for me, is asking the person themselves, what's the best way I personally can help you? Mm-hmm. And that may be shut up and don't say anything, or it may be, you know, go, you know, make sure that you and I go for a walk three times a week. That's your role in my support. Mm-hmm. Or make sure I get to the tops meeting. That's your role. Or, you know, whatever it is. But that person probably knows best how to support you. And one of the problems with support, unless you've got a, a, an organization that's educated in this, like tops, but you know, just the average person is, you know, they have their own expectations and biases about how to do it. They may have done it themselves, but in a completely different way, you know. And so that, that's something that you hear. Oh, let me tell you how I do it. You, how I lost my weight. This is what you need to do. No, different story. That worked for you. That's great, but it yeah. might not work for your wife, your mother, whoever. Right. And so that whole issue of support is very, very important, but also a a real breeding ground for resentment, anger, and actually the total opposite of support, right? Mm -hmm. What are the things that uh, we try to make certain our members always have an opportunity for at each of our meetings uh, during this discussion period when they're actually sharing their personal stories is to be able to express differences and to go about different strategies that may or may not work. Uh, Not one way. uh, It's my favorite saying of all times. One size does not fit everybody, no matter what they say. And one way of weight loss is not, the best way for everybody. Right. Every single time they come out with a new yeah. program, a new diet, a new methodology, I think it's not a magic bullet. Right. It's not going to be the universal panacea. You know, scientifically right now, they have identified over 60 chromosomes that link directly to obesity. So this is a real bugaboo. It is not a simple uh, metabolic issue. It's not a physiologically simple issue. And it's certainly not a cognitively simple issue. Right, right. And all of those factors combine. Each one is individual. And that's one of the problems is people have a very biased view of weight and how to lose it and Mm -hmm. a very, very simple minded view that is not helpful, that is propagated through the media because somebody selling it has got to make you make it sound like it's the easiest thing to do and you're going to lose, you know, 50 pounds in the first week. Uh, 50 pounds is about $65. So if you sign up, for the British 50 pounds, you'll lose $65 the moment you sign up. But anyway, my point is that's, that's how the drift has got to be. And it so distorts people's expectations. And, and you probably know this research done 
in the 80s, 90s by uh, Callie Brownell, you know, one of the yes, experts on obesity, looked at weight yo-yoing, people going up and down throughout the course of their lives. And the biggest problem actually wasn't a physiological problem. It was a psychological problem. The impact that that losing and gaining weight had on their self-esteem and on their expectation about whether they could ever do this. Right. Uh, there is a tendency when you're successful and then you're unsuccessful repeatedly, every single time you reinforce failure. Right. You know, I can't do this. What's the point? What's the effort? Uh, you know, why, why do I keep on trying? It's not meant for me to be this way. Again, it gets to be a self-fulfilling prophecy okay. that drives directly in opposition to what your ultimate goal was when you began the journey. Mm -hmm. right. um, I have a good friend that says uh, for, for her, her best approach is to just simply say, I will not be heavier tomorrow than I am today. That's, yeah. Just, that's it. This is my line in the sand. We'll deal with the here and now. And we will live our lives now instead of waiting until some arbitrary number on the scale pops up to decide I am worthy to live a life. Right, right. Because so many of our members, when they come to the organization, have put their lives on hold until they reach a number. Right. right. And I've got news for you. People are a lot more than just simply numbers on a scale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and part of the sort of simplistic, sort of absurd simplistic trend about changing any behavior, but weight is a really good example, is, is, is in, entrenched in sort of a, a very simplistic behavioral mindset. And I think I use this example in the book, you know, so, oh, okay, the five steps to climbing Mount Everest, okay, you know, go buy some mountaineering gear, you know, book your tickets to Nepal. Um, find a sh sh Sherpa, you know, uh, connect with him and start climbing. That's it, all you got to do, right? And those things are irrelevant to the issue of climbing Mount Everest, okay? Exactly. The real issues are, why do you want to do this? Yeah. What, why are you doing it? What, what's important? Who's going to help you get this done? How are you going to approach it in an organized, thoughtful way, looking at a number of variables, not the simple steps you have to do? And that's mm -hmm. what I appreciated so much when I worked with you at TOPS. That was what TOPS was trying to do. There was no, you know, no special diets, no special this. It was focused on the process of change and yeah. what is required to change. And that's frankly more important than any of the information about I need to lose 30 pounds or I need to whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, but before that, before that information, because that's not strong enough on its own, what's the process of change and how do you implement that in your life? Right? Exactly, and, and the realization that the change must be uniquely yours and you are going to have to figure out what does work and what does not work just for you. Right. You don't have to do it anybody else's way. Uh, we had a gentleman uh, that I met two years ago from Maine. His name is Alan. And Alan was quite a character. He knew how to lose weight. 
it was not his first rodeo. Mm-hmm. He had lost weight many times before. And Alan proceeded on his crusade after joining Top to lose weight. Uh, he was extremely successful. And then he said to me as we were talking, uh, Barbara, I finally figured something out. I don't know what to do once I've quit losing it. I've changed nothing long term. I've only done this one thing that produces this one result. Because I think all of us can lose some weight. We just can't sustain lasting change. And he spent eight months before he would even concede to go to a doctor to get a, an ideal weight, trying to figure out what he was about. Right. Because he still didn't know that part of the puzzle. Right. And that's the part of the puzzle I think so many of us struggle with. Absolutely. In any endeavor. But, you know, this isn't, this is not about, in many ways, this is not about a number on a scale. It's about your meaning. It's about your purpose. It's what you want to do with your life, Mm -hmm. how this fits together, how your health is important to you. It's really about those things. And that never gets talked about. It's always expressed in terms of, you can lose 30 pounds in whatever, or four inches off your weight, or whatever it is. Yeah, so what? (laughs) Exactly. What have you learned in the process? Right. Are you going to live the rest of your life this way? Right. Are you going to be joyful and happy in that particular way of living? Is it going to continue to work for you? Because the body sometimes changes on its own and doesn't ask you for permission. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, women deal with that, you know, at various stages of our lives. And it's like, well, what happened here? Nobody <laughs> told me this was going to happen. And you have to readjust. It's just part of the nature of going through your life and accepting some changes that are just the process of aging. Yep. And yep. trying to minimize the impact they have on the life you want to live and maximize your ability to live that life every day. Yep, that's exactly that is exactly right. And again, Almost all messages about weight loss have got nothing to do with that, really. They're all about... Well, not the messages that have meat and substance. Right, right, right. Pardon the analogy, but there you are. Okay. (laughs) As a plant eater, I will accept that. That's fine. I'll accept that. (laughs) That's fine. We could go on about a lot of things. One of the things that I really appreciated, again, with what the TOPS organization was doing, again... Top stands out like a beacon in these things because it is a it is not trying to make a profit, right? It is not. It's a non-profit organization. It's not selling you the latest gadget, gizmo, diet, what have you. It is there for the purpose of helping with the process of change. Right. That's critical. And in addition, it is a group of peers meeting weekly to support each other in their journey. Uh, It's hard for someone who does not have issues with food to understand why someone else does. Uh, To 
many of us, and again, the media, I think, plays a role in this, as, as does just the way you're socialized throughout your life. Uh, uh, but the association you have to, with food is rarely just need state. It isn't because I'm hungry that I'm eating. Uh, would that be the case? Very few people would have a problem with maintaining a healthy weight. Um, a lot of people eat for millions of reasons that have nothing to do with physiological hunger. Uh, maybe they want comfort, maybe they want love. Maybe as a child, when they skinned their knee, their mother washed it off, gave them a kiss and a cookie. And he said, here, darling, it'll be fine. And that association remains in, in their mind the rest of their life. If I feel badly, I will feel better if I get a sweet treat. Um, if I clean my plate, I will get dessert. You know, and the commercial that just blares in my mind from my childhood is nothing says loving like something from the oven. Right, right. And it's in that context that we live our daily lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I come from a Southern state. Food is dominant for every crisis a person has. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, mm -hmm. we deal with it with food. If someone has a birthday, we bake a cake. If someone passes away, we bring in pie. If, <laughs> uh, if someone wins the ball game, we serve pepperoni rolls. I mean, there's nothing that doesn't seem to be punctuated with food as part of what, celebrating or dealing with whatever the issue is. Yep. So that's, again, compounding the difficulty you have in sorting out what your process is going to be and what you're going to be able to substitute in all these areas where food is serving a purpose beyond simply sustaining your body. Yep, absolutely. And, and that cultural messaging, as along with the media, uh, it is so potent, you know, and that's yeah. one of the points that I'm making, I think, therefore I'm wrong, is we, we have this, well, it's partly political, but very naive assumption that everyone uh, is able to think for themselves and they're not influenced in any way by marketing or all of this stuff, which is total baloney, okay? Because if that were the case, why would marketers spend billions of dollars a year trying to get you to eat that food? So... I mean, that's clearly nonsense, and it's clearly underestimated. And that's what perpetuates these myths, these biases, these false narratives that really prevent people, in almost any area, but, but particularly the food and weight thing is, is huge. Um, you know, it's there. And whether people, I don't care whether you're smart or you're, you're not smart, you're still going to be influenced by this. Absolutely. Just because you're aware of it doesn't mean it doesn't influence you. Again, no. I, I am aware that the media wants you to buy whatever the product is they're selling. I am aware that sometimes I find myself in the kitchen with the refrigerator door open hoping for some type of divine guidance on something healthy to eat after seeing a commercial 
on something that was quite unhealthy to eat. Right. You know, I'm led, uh, and I'm not a person easily led. You're not. Uh, no. But yet I am totally susceptible uh, if I do not maintain basic awareness. Well, you got to have the awareness first. But even that is not necessarily strong enough, right? No. That's where the support, the motivation, the focus, all of that needs to come in. But you got to have the awareness. If you don't have the awareness, you got no chance. But if right. you have the awareness, just having the awareness is a step, but it's not sufficient. It needs to be supported and reinforced by all of these other factors that you know we're talking yeah. about. And, and so and, um, really critical. It's a totally holistic approach that TOPS has. Uh, and you can look at each individual part, just sort of like the blind men and the elephant, mm -hmm. uh, and think you've got it figured out. Well, you don't. You have got to be able to look at the totality of where you find yourself at this point in time in your journey in order to develop any meaningful plan that has a chance for long-term success. Yeah. And you've got to be willing to do the internal work uh, as well as the food prep, the exercise, the other alterations that you make internally you have got to embrace change yep. uh, and a lot of it is philosophical change mm -hmm. it's not just mechanical changes exactly not exactly we take this sort of mechanical behavioral approach and it takes the meaning out of it and you've really lost your motivation you know and exactly and you've also i think uh simplified it to a point that the treatment's not going to be effective Correct. Uh, you know, take this pill and you'll be fine. No, you won't. Mm -hmm. If you don't take this pill and do these other things, it, I relate uh, obesity a lot to diabetes mm -hmm. because it is a chronic condition. And even though you take your diabetes medication as prescribed, it's not enough. Correct. It's a symptomatic management. <laughs> It's, and it is you, diabetes is also affected so much by other things going on in an individual's life. You know, their stress levels can really play havoc mm -hmm. with their di their insulin levels and their ability to stay on task and to process appropriately. At, you know, foods that they normally eat with no problem whatsoever. Right. Uh, you know, I think. People want the simple, quick answer, uh, and that can be quite dangerous. Yes, well, I think and quite ineffective. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and again, I think that's the intriguing part of a lot of the types of plans that are out there is for the short term they work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, the problem is usually there's a period of rapid regain thereafter because nothing really significantly changed. Right. And all you actually lost was 12 weeks right. instead of 12 pounds. Right, right. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly, exactly right. And, and one of the things that really impressed me uh, with TOPS when I was working with, with you, um, there were many things, but a group is probably, a support group probably is the most effective. If you have to choose one change mechanism, that would really help people, it would be a great group. I, I, I personally believe that because there's so I, much available 
in a great yeah. book. I agree with you too. There is a level of understanding that comes uh, from being supported by a group of people who deal with the same issues on an ongoing basis. Right. Uh, it, they do get it. Uh, my brother, Richie, is a classic example. Uh, Richie is a slender individual. Mm -hmm. was born that way, will be that way the rest of his life. He's 6'2", he weighs 185, you know, never had a weight problem. But at least my brother understands because a lot of our family do struggle with this issue. And he says, I cannot imagine the agony it must be for you to have to worry about what you eat. Mm -hmm. He said, right. I don't worry. I cannot understand your pain. Right. Yep. And I think you may remember Dr. Michelle May. Yeah. Uh, Michelle May write, wrote the book, Am I Hungry? Mm -hmm. And she asked me one day uh, when we were talking, she said, Barbara, what would you like for your members? And I said, I would like them to have peace with the food they eat. So that food does not any longer play an inflated role in their lives. Right. That their lives become balanced. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there were so many great stories at Tops, people who had lost, you know, significant amount of weight and really kept it off a long time. You know, phenomenal stories. But the one thing that stick that really sticks in my mind that that I think is really a testimony to the power of a group, um, and I may have got a little bit of this wrong over time, but I don't think too much. I know that TOPS gives a lot of awards and reinforcement for individuals and for groups that do really well. Quite, quite and, true. And, and one time um, during my tenure there, Valdosta, run by our friend Patsy Castine, I yes. think she had something like 100 members or something like that. And the average weight, well, nobody gained weight, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Right. Everyone in the group had lost weight in the course right. of the year, which is simply mind-boggling. And the average weight loss was something like 15 pounds. Exactly. Which is staggering. It is staggering. Incredibly significant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is staggering. If you want a testimony to the power of a group, there it is. This mm -hmm. isn't just one person losing 70 pounds, you know, and somebody gaining five and overall. Mm -hmm. It's everyone lost weight. And the average and was significant. particularly was astounding because their mission was, we're in this together. Yep. We're all going to manage to figure this out. Each and they made it very clear that it was okay to do it differently. Different wasn't wrong. Right. And they had all ages, yep. all physical abilities. They even had one lady uh, that was in a wheelchair in the group who still lost a significant amount of weight. Mm -hmm. um, they had all sexes. It, it was just a wonderful mix of individuals coming together for a common purpose and staying focused on that purpose and willing to continue day by day to chip away at some of the myths 
and the stereotypes and the ne negative messaging that had been polluting their lives and actually becoming huge obstacles and making progress to the goals that they said they wanted to achieve. Yep. Yeah, and Patsy was a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but, you know, whatever she was, she got it right because yes, if you did. have that many people, if you have that many people, and they're all, none of them are failing, if whatever you have, you define right. them, they are all losing weight and collectively, you know, significant amount of weight. That is really, I mean, that's an amazing testimony. Mm -hmm. uh, not just to Patsy, but the, the, the whole concept of carbs, because that's, I think, was exactly there in we do a lot of work too with non-scale victories mm -hmm. uh you know where we really try to get our members to understand that you can be very successful as you're going through the process even the so even when the scale does not sure. indicate progress is being made and that's very important to individuals because there's a lot going on in the in this journey uh, within your body physiologically as you're dealing with eating less food than your body needs or working it more than it's used to being worked. Uh, and your body every once in a while gets contrary. <laughs> it just simply does not wish to relay to you that progress is being made. Right, right. No, no, that's, that, that's exactly right. And, and if you think about that conception that you have to keep losing and losing. I mean, if you translate it into something else, you know, let's say making money, mm -hmm. you only made the same money this week as you did last week, you're meant to make more. And next week you're meant to make more and so forth. You know, it, it's crazy, it's okay? Point. It's a it's process. It's good to settle down and just sort of stabilize. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, it's just become, so spectacularly messed up, so binary, so simplistic, that that adds to the problem, really. It and, and it is difficult, again, uh, when it comes to healthcare professionals, they use the scale as their benchmark. Mm -hmm. Primarily, that's their progress indicator. Uh, and you can have someone that it has plateaued and is perhaps building some muscle, uh, has their body just needs to stabilize for a while uh, i have a friend that this just happened to in fact uh two weeks ago she's lost to date 160 pounds wow uh but for the last three months she's been within a pound or two and her doctor was angry with her he said you're not trying well, yes, she is. She's she's doing everything he has asked of her. Uh, she is being very careful. She is very being very aware. Her body just right now needs right. time right. to adjust. Absolutely. And you know, if I you know, let's suppose I needed to lose weight, and I said, okay, uh, I went to my doctor two months later and said, I really haven't lost much. But I have gone from eating all of this processed food to a much healthier diet. What a huge success. I don't care what the scale says. That exactly. is a setup for a huge success. If the doctor says, exactly. well, you're not doing it, he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
Right. Well, if you even decide you're going to start going for a walk every day. There you go. The scale may not show it because it takes a lot of physical effort to impact a scale if nothing else changes. Right. right. Uh, but your body is going to benefit so much just from the extra movement and the extra strength that it's gaining because you are helping it move more and be yeah. more useful in living the life you want to live. Um, exactly. To yeah. me, people just have to learn that every element leads to the ultimate goal and not every pathway is going to be registered as a number. Correct. That's exactly Some things right. are beyond quantifying. But yep. they deal directly with quality of life yep. and personal satisfaction, self-esteem, um, things that will give you the strength to continue to maintain your weight once you have successfully lost it. Right. And, and, it, if you still have, and this is an oldie from Zig Ziglar, a head full of stinking thinking. Right. I, you're going to have real trouble sustaining the progress that you've made and right. making apparent, physically apparent changes in your life because yep. you've not changed internally. That's absolutely how you deal with the life you live. Yeah. And um, in the Inspired to Lose book, which featured stories of 35 tops members who had really embraced that philosophy and change exactly and each of those people howard you captured in that book to me that's one of my favorite books on the topic of weight loss because you captured the essence of each individual and portrayed for them a resonant story that is so helpful to people who deal with the same problem because they spoke from the heart and you articulated the message of their heart. Yeah. And again, it's, it's about meaning purpose. I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there's that story in there about the woman who really didn't like to exercise. She, she couldn't even walk to a mailbox, but you know, mm -hmm. she started and she walked to a mailbox and then she walked a bit more and then she walked a bit more. And now I'm telling the story a year, two years later, she's a competitive race walker who walks you know, mm -hmm. miles at a very exactly. fast clip, you know, and here she was, she couldn't get to the mailbox. And so exactly. that's what we're talking about here, right? That's what we're talking about. Exactly. And uh, another thing that, uh, you captured in that book as well was each of these people was was living what the buzzword now is their best life in that moment right they didn't put their life on hold right. um, it always makes me sad when I see people who sit on the sidelines of life letting it pass them by because none of us knows how much time we're given and to me we have a responsibility to live every single second as fully as we can as long as the gift has been given to us yeah. uh, and i've seen so many people get off the porch 
mm-hmm. and get right. into light through tops mm-hmm. because they feel accepted, they feel valued, they feel important, they feel they're worthwhile contributors in society. Right. And sometimes they come to us feeling none of those things. Correct. And if you don't have self-worth, it's hard to make all the changes that you need to make. Yep. It's not going to happen, really, probably, you know? Um, Yeah. So so all of those elements are really critical part of TOPS. We could, and we probably will at some point, continue the conversation. It's great, but we need to tell the listeners about TOPS and where they can find information about TOPS and reach out to them. I would be honored to tell you that uh, there's a number, 1-800-YAY-TOPS. The acronym helps people remember. If you want to call in, we also have an excellent website. It's simply tops.org. Very easy to find. We're on Facebook. Uh, You can uh, look us up by just saying official TOPS club and visit the site you'll get lots of information lots of help uh, we we have a lot of facebook groups that you can join as well uh, i administer one of the biggest groups we have over six thousand members in it right now uh and it's simply called tops um and they get in there and support each other like gangbusters um, You find meetings throughout the United States and Canada. Uh, We have them in every province, in every state, in many, many cities. Uh, Again, go to our website, type in your zip code, and it tells you where the chapters are located in the cities uh, where you live. We also have an online group for people who cannot attend a meeting in their town or Uh, There are no meetings in their town. Uh, Unlike some of the commercial groups, we also can start chapters uh, that have a very small membership. Uh, If you and four friends want to start a chapter, we can help you do that because it's easier to start dealing with this issue with other people instead of trying to go it alone. It's been great to visit with you and to share with you my passion uh, for helping people deal with obesity in a sane, sensible way uh, that they can sustain through the rest of their lives. Yeah, and I would encourage anyone who is, you know, considering or concerned about their weight to at least investigate TOPS and TOPS in their area. Uh, Really, I believe it's a phenomenal organization that's helped. Oh, by the way, just uh, one little tiny thing to share with you, because I know you were involved in uh, our support of the scientific investigation. Right Uh, right now, we are closing in on $10 million of money we have donated from our members uh, to help find effective, safe ways of dealing with this issue. Yeah, it's a great organization. Certainly encourage any listener to check it out. You never know um, so many great stories. I know of people there who went along to a group uh, expecting not to be accepted, but were warmly embraced. 
right. went, went with cynicism, this isn't going to work, and ended up you know, making incredible change yeah. in their lives. This is the way to do it. Um, and this is a, a great counter to the commercial, advertising, media, uh, other motivation, money-making motivation that really is behind pretty much every other organization in this field. Well, that's really gracious, gracious of you to say, Howard. Uh, but I mean it. Because we are a nonprofit, of course, you know, our ability to get the word out is limited. And I so appreciate this opportunity to share the message of the TOPS organization with you and to reconnect as friends. I, I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Absolutely. So that was Bob Cady from TOPS. Take off Pound Sensibly. Please check it out. Uh, I'll be back again soon with another in the How Not to Think podcast. Thank you for listening.